Hi, friends. My name is Amanda Morris, and I am your host for the Creeps and Curious podcast. I hope everyone has had a beautiful week. I'm excited to be back here with you all, and I have a very interesting story to tell this week. So I let our friends on Instagram choose between the United States first serial killer and reincarnation, and they chose reincarnation. So that is our topic for the week. Very excited. If you don't know much about reincarnation, it's pretty much just the belief that when someone dies, their spirit or soul or whatever you choose to call it, the non-physical part of us will begin a new life in a different body. It's also known as rebirth or transmigration. And these beliefs are recognized mostly in religions like Hinduism and Buddhism. There are tons of other religions that believe in reincarnation, but we're not going to dive into that right now. But yeah, I mean, scientists and doctors, they've been working very closely together to learn more about reincarnation and to try to find an explanation for all of the incredible stories of alleged reincarnation cases spread out all over the world, all types of different people, all different ages from all different backgrounds and religions. So yeah, it's just a very interesting topic. Okay, so let's talk about Ryan Hammonds. Ryan was born in Muskogee, Oklahoma in 2004. Ryan's parents, Cindy and Kevin, were known in the community for just being really good people. They had a really good reputation. Cindy was the deputy county clerk, and Kevin was a lieutenant in the police department, and they were also both very strong Christians, and they were very active in their local church. Ryan was said to have some type of an issue with his adenoids that resulted in him not really talking up until he was like four years old. So when Ryan is four, he gets his adenoids removed and he soon after begins speaking. Ryan then begins making some rather strange comments to his parents Cindy says one night before bed, Ryan approached her and he tells her that he really needs to tell her something. He then continues with telling her, I used to be somebody else. And then after this, Ryan starts talking a lot about Hollywood and he refers to it as his home. He pleads with Cindy and he begs her to take him there so he could just see his other family. So Ryan is like four or five years old, preschool age, and I think at this point it's definitely easy to just sum everything that's happened thus far up to just him being a kid and having a wild imagination. But the amount of detail that Ryan begins to tell his mother about his old home, it really starts to worry her. Ryan claims he lived in a big house with a pool. He said his home was located on a street with the word rock in it. He claimed to have owned a green car, and he says that he refused to let anyone drive this car. He had also mentioned that he had lots of girlfriends and that he enjoyed spending time with them at the beach. Cindy said he would tell stories about traveling overseas and going on these lavish vacations, dancing on Broadway, and meeting stars like Rita Hayworth. I think now 
is a good time to remind you that this is a preschool age child. Assuming Ryan is creating this story from his imagination, it seems very strange for him to mention Rita Hayworth of all the famous people. And this is in 2004 when Rita was more known in the 40s and she died in like the 80s. Ryan also tells many stories of the type of work that he did. And he says that he worked for an agency where people changed their names. He even talks a little bit about politics and shares that he absolutely did not like Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was a Democrat. And I'm only pointing that out because it is important for the story. So, yeah, for a four or five year old to even know who Franklin Roosevelt was, it's just unlikely. So at this point, Cindy, who was raised Baptist, and she had never really thought about the possibility of reincarnation, she decides to start doing some research herself. But because reincarnation isn't a part of Christian belief, she decides to do her investigating in private. And Cindy, actually, she hasn't told anyone of Ryan's memories and That's including her husband. Like, her husband doesn't even know anything that's going on up to this point. So she starts checking out books at the local library about Hollywood. And that is when they find a photo that changes everything. In one of these library books was a publicity shot from the 1932 movie Night After Night. When Ryan sees the photo, he immediately says... That's me. That's who I was. The man Ryan pointed to was an extra in the film, and he had no spoken lines, so it was a little shocking to Cindy that that is the man Ryan believes he was in his past life. Unfortunately, because this man was just an extra, his name was not mentioned in the movie credits, so Cindy was unable to identify the man. So now Cindy decides it's time to reach out for help. In February of 2010, Cindy reaches out to Dr. Jim Tucker, who was the Associate Professor of Psychiatry and Neurobehavioral Sciences at the University of Virginia. Dr. Tucker specializes in children who are usually between the ages of 2 and 6 who claim to remember a past life. Dr. Tucker has files for more than 2,500 children accumulated from all over the world, and he says usually children don't have the memories of someone famous. Their memories are usually of pretty ordinary lives. So this, along with all of the incredible detail Ryan was able to provide, makes his case one of Dr. Tucker's most unusual and interesting. Shortly after Dr. Tucker begins investigating Ryan's case, he is contacted by a producer for for a television show called The Unexplained. And the X in Unexplained is, like, capital. But, yeah, they were very interested in documenting Dr. Tucker's research on Ryan's case. After receiving a recording of Dr. Tucker and Ryan's first interview, the show decides to make his story a priority, and they actually identified an actor that they believed may have been the man in the photo. So they actually fly this man out to L.A., but Ryan does not recognize any of the homes or anything connected to this man. 
However, during this part of the investigation, Ryan does claim to recognize a home that had belonged to one of the actors from the movie Night After Night. And his name was Wild Bill Elliott. And this was someone Ryan had actually mentioned before as having been one of his close friends. So after everyone had exhausted their efforts in trying to identify the actor in the photo, they decide to hire a film expert who was finally able to give the man in the photo a name. The man in the photo was Marty Martin. Marty Martin was born in Pennsylvania on May 19, 1903. He was actually born with the name Morris Kalinske, but he changed it to Marty Martin later when he moved to L.A. and he tried to make it in acting. Unfortunately for Marty, he wasn't very successful in his acting career, and he never really made it any further than just being an extra in movies. So then Marty decides to open a talent agency, and this ends up being very successful, and this does make him very wealthy eventually. Marty was a very proud Republican. He loved going to the beach. He loved sunglasses. Uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but Ryan was said to actually have a fascination with sunglasses as well. But Marty loved to travel, and he spent a lot of time overseas in Europe. He lived in a large house with a pool located on Roxbury Drive. And then Marty died from leukemia on December 25th, 1964. So after finding this out, Dr. Tucker tracks down Marty's daughter, and he is able to confirm that Ryan had given 55 details about Marty Martin's life that were totally accurate, according to Marty's daughter. Just as Ryan had said, Marty did dance on Broadway, he traveled overseas, his work credentials were accurate, he lived on a street with the word rock in it. I mean, almost right on. Marty lived on Roxbury Drive. Dr. Tucker was able to confirm other facts Ryan gave about Marty's life, including how many children he had, how many times he was married, and how many sisters Marty had. Marty had one daughter with his wife and five stepchildren. He was married four times. And I read in an interview with Cindy that Ryan claimed he had two sisters Marty's daughter grew up thinking her father only had one sister, but they were later able to confirm that Marty did, in fact, have another sister. Another part of the story that is super interesting is that Ryan told Dr. Tucker that he, quote, didn't see why God would let you get to be 61 and then make you come back as a baby, unquote. So, Marty Martin's death certificate says he was 59 years old when he died, not 61. But, as Dr. Tucker begins to look further into this, he was able to find census records showing that Marty Martin was actually born in 1903, not 1905. This would make Ryan's statement, not the actual death certificate, true in the fact that Marty was indeed 61 years old when he died. So Cindy actually kept a journal of all the statements made by Ryan, and they were later taken and published into a book by Leslie Keene. 
I'm not going to read all of them because there are just so many, but I wanted to share a few of them because as I was reading through them, it really put things into perspective for me, like how detailed and random some of these memories Ryan claimed to have were. Okay, so these were proven to be 100% accurate. I also want to note that most of these memories were documented in Cindy's journal before they had identified the man as being Marty Martin. Okay, so he talks about his oldest stepdaughter and how she didn't respect or listen to him, how he bought his daughter a dog that she ended up hating, how he hated cats. He tap danced on a stage in New York City. He knew that Mary Lady, talking about Marilyn Monroe, and said you couldn't get close enough to talk to her. And he says that he had many girlfriends and affairs and never had any issues with the ladies. Again, this is coming from like a five-year-old. Something else that's super interesting about this case is Ryan's memories of after he, a.k.a. Marty Martin, died. Ryan says there was a quote-unquote awesome light that he felt a strong urge to go towards. When he died, he said he went to what seemed to be a waiting room, and Ryan then says he remembers seeing his mother, Cindy, from heaven. Ryan says he remembered her from a previous life and that he chose her as his mother. Ryan says he remembers being in his mother's womb, and he tells Cindy, quote, This doctor guy did a test and told you I was a boy. You got mad and said he was wrong. You just knew that I was going to be a girl. Mommy, it was daddy's birthday. You went to a restaurant afterward to eat and you cried for a very long time, unquote. Although Cindy was embarrassed of her behavior, she admits that this was, in fact, true. As Ryan got older, his memories of living the life of Marty Martin did begin to fade. I remember reading somewhere that it's actually quite common for children who have memories of a past life to lose most or all of those memories as they get older. Ryan says this experience did not affect him negatively, but that he's happy to move on from it and to just be a kid, which he totally deserves. And I think that is something I find to be like a little sad in a way. Like Ryan supposedly didn't just talk about his memories. He wanted to dress in suits and ties and he was often concerned with what happened to his children and his mother and his sister. Ryan told his mother, quote, I am not the same as the man in the picture on the outside, but on the inside, I am still that man, unquote. Also, Marty's favorite restaurant was a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown, and it's said that Ryan's first time at a Chinese restaurant, he was able to expertly just use chopsticks without having ever been told. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just a lot for a kid to go through. Ryan's case actually holds the record for the number of memories of a past life before having the past life person's identity. Yeah, pretty amazing story. If you want to learn more about Ryan Hammond's case, there's tons of information out there. Like, I only told you half of it. There's seriously so much. But let me know what you think. 
If you aren't following us on Instagram, give the show a follow at Creeps and Curious Podcast. Thank you for giving me a space to talk. Thank you for listening. And I'll be back next week with another episode. Have a beautiful week and stay creepy.